This is exactly right. My favorite. I don't want to do that anymore. All right, we'll never do that again. <laughs> Let's never do that again. Let's never do it again. Hi, this is my favorite murder of the Minnesota <clears throat> episode. That's right. You send us your stories, hometown murders, um, weird people that you've experienced as a child, uh-huh. weird people your grandparents experienced as grandparents. Shit, you fucking found on the street, in a garbage, in the walls of your house that's being torn down. All of it shit you found in your brain when you were picking through it with your therapist that's right you know please no fictions no that's for your other that's for your um fan fiction website (laughs) we don't we want the real stuff yeah it's key yeah unless we don't know that that it's fiction i mean how will we know hold on real quick the microphone's falling off of the table (laughs) (laughs) shit Mm. yes we Finally, something talking. happening. <laughs> Action, adventure. And Steven shoots over from his Indian, uh, sitting Indian-style position <laughs> over on the floor, and suddenly he's there. He's there. Screwing in screws. And then I'm this holding is like it up. highly technical, and yet coffee table-based microphone system. And we're back. I was there the whole time. <laughs> you were in it. Fucking Na- seamless patter. Narrating. Just making it clear to everyone. Navigating. <clears throat> hey, right. I'll go first? go first. Oh, I know. Oh. Okay. All right. I'm ready. For fun. For funs and giggles. For, for funs and giggles. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to... This is something I've found, but I'm not going to read you the... Listen. Here it is. Spoilers look? Yeah, but okay. they tell you pretty quickly. Okay. Uh-huh. Hi, everybody. My wife and I are emailing to tell you about the weirdest thing we have ever found. An arm off the coast of Japan last summer. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Found. A human arm is the title. Good good withholding that. Right? Until the big, yeah, reveal. (laughs) My wife, Angela, and I were stationed with the military in northeast Japan for two years. We loved taking our dog to the Pacific coastline and loved to walk on the elevated seawall that was erected after the devastating tsunami in 2011. Wow. Um, the seawall was roughly 20 feet above the waterline. It was surrounded by concrete wave breakers. Uh, the wall provided a nice barrier, blah, 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 blah. Occasionally, you <laughs> nice would... Nice barrier. <laughs> <laughs> ocean marina, etc. cetera. Uh, occasionally, you would see a fisherman, blah, 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 blah. Um, so wall there were, details. There just weren't a lot of people there. Wall details. Got it. Etc. Anyways, as we were walking down the seawall, Angela looked down and saw a glove with a fucking human arm sticking out of it. <laughs> oh, no. A gloved <laughs> arm. Fish and worms were picking at it. <laughs> it was an obvious Caucasian slash Asian flesh. And even from 20 feet away, but we couldn't reach it. So naturally, we took a ton <laughs> <Reach> of... <laughs> reaching out for the arm. Reaching out for an, a disembodied arm. Just a little further. It's reaching back for you. She's holding his jacket. He's leaning out. Sorry, is the arm in water? And in a glove. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's stick it. Okay, see, here's the thing. Now it says it sent pictures attached. And this is when I turned to Steven and said, oh, my God, please. Did you see them? Yeah, it's like float. It's like almost like bobbing like a buoy. Whoa. Straight up and down? Straight up and down in the like, water. Like oh, over here, over here. Yeah, hand. yeah. Like waving. A arm bobbing buoy. Here. Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, and it says attached, and I was like, I don't want to see those. And then you said you saw them, and I was like, are you okay, Steven? I mean, the photo they took, they must have tried to ensure that it wasn't graphic, because you just see the glove part. You okay. don't see anything else. Okay. So. But was it an upsetting glove? Um, was it, it looked, a, menace, a menacing glove? I mean, it looked like it was a glove, like somebody was trying to cover up evidence, like they were trying to like protect... Like, oh, like a plastic oh, glove. Oh, a yeah, criminal yeah. glove. Oh. Yeah, like a, yeah. gonna clean the dishes kind of glove. A sm- <laughs> Do you mean... <laughs> Dishwasher glove, oh, yes, like a hair dyeing glove, yeah, too. Or, yeah, yeah, or something like that. Oh, did it have long? It yeah, was it didn't stop at the wrist; it went down. Yeah, it went down. Interesting. Oh, now I know exactly Interesting. what you mean. Okay, uh, uh, we took a ton of pictures, thought about what Karen and Georgia would do, looked around for a body, and then ultimately we went home. Good. Um, Don't stick around for a body. Just if you see one in your in your purview, fine. They they looked around real quick. Yeah, no don't body. Go, don't go into caves. Goodbye. Uh, we would have called the cops to this part's fucking funny. We would have called the cops to get someone to the scene, but outside of ordering sushi or, or beer, our Japanese was subpar at best, so mm. we didn't call. And in all honesty, we knew it was our last night in Japan, and finding a body part just <laughs> sounded like a lot of paperwork when all we wanted was a night of ramen and maybe a little karaoke before our flight the next morning. You fucking asshole, <laughs> American. Asshole. Wait, but then the guilt settled in. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we called the American police officers attached to our base and told them we found an arm. We reported to the s- <laughs> we reported to the station, wrote our statements, completed paperwork, and as predicted, ended up back at the scene with eight Japanese cops, the military police, and a translator. Whoa. The translator told us a disfigured body or a porpoise was found earlier that day in the same location. Oh no! And then they write, "Since when are humans fucking mixed up with porpoises?" When they're burnt to death, when they've been skinned, when uh, any number of horrible porpoise-like disfigurements that just popped into my head. Thank you. In the meantime, the arm had drifted 50 meters, but it was still intact despite the marine life. The Japanese police formed the cutest human chain to retrieve the arm. Oh, that sounds scary. Once they determined it was a real body part, they made us leave the scene. Oh, good. To this day, we don't know the story behind the arm, but believe it was ultimately linked to the Yakuza, the Japanese mafia known cool. for cutting off body parts. Stay sexy. Watch your arms and don't get murdered. See you in London in May, Katie Angel- and Angela. Oh, my God. That is... <laughs> First of all, the idea that they were just like, we can't get involved with this paperwork. I want ramen. <laughs> I don't want so it. So funny. Which I understand. I think a lot of people probably do that. Yeah. They're just like, oh, Ugh. this is a thing. Someone else will find this. But the difference between a to the wrist glove <laughs> and a almost to the elbow like medical oh, glove yeah. is such a huge creepy difference you're up to some other weird shit altogether is like that to me reminds i guess probably from the beginning of the simpsons where it's like is somebody that handles nuclear rods getting killed by the well i figured it would have been part of the tsunami like how shit just always kept washing up and even bodies washed up right maybe but it doesn't sound like it i don't know yeah it's i mean just like (laughs) bobbing up and down oh no oh shoot i have to I just realized as, as we were talking about that, or as you were saying that, yeah. I always say how I don't, I just don't care about mafia crimes yeah. like as an area of true crime. Yeah. Yakuza, Real interested in the Yakuza. Yakuza is a different story for you. It, <laughs> Interesting. 
That was fr- Georgia's friendship voice when she pretends to care about what I'm talking about. So that's different then. You do like the Yakuza. Something is wrong with me because that's my truly interested in my friends and stuff. That was you being truly interested? Yeah. What well, did I'm I sorry do wrong? I judged you. Was it my face? No, I think, I feel like it was like camera ready. So that's what you give a shit about. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Tell me more it while I Oprah, fall asleep. Oprah-esque. Oh, oh. I'll go up here on this part. So you went swimming this way. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Okay. I did go swimming. <laughs> All right. Ready for this? Yes. My creepy dentist. Okay. I have to go to the dentist at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Your hot dentist. 8 a.m. That's uh-huh. too early. Isn't it? Um, I better brush my hair. Teeth, too. <laughs> oh, yes. Teeth. I always forget that. Okay. Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and animals. I started listening to MFM a few months ago and recently, recently finished my binge of the entire back library, so now I'm limited to waiting for your new episodes each week. Wah. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was inspired to finally write in with my hometown murder story thanks to Karen's dentist experience in this week's mini-sode. <laughs> in stark contrast to Karen's handsome dentist, my child the dentist was creepy as fuck oh no the dentist office was in the basement of a house no don't do that talk about your fucking long gloves <laughs> yeah that's a long glove situation mm-hmm. um uh super dark and creepy looking so much wood paneling everywhere oh dear oh. And he always wore these really old school dentist shirts that honestly reminded me of a bowling shirt. What's a dentist shirt? Oh, yeah. I think it's those like cotton ones, either blue or white that like. Yeah, the collars like it looks like Nehru almost. What's the what are the um, mock priests wear? Yeah. Oh, a priest's collar. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's right. You wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. We call them priest's collars (laughs) all the time. Uh. Okay, I feel like I'll never forget what his mouth looked like. Ew! Uh, Because I had to stare up at his creepy face twice a year for my entire childhood, and then a few more times a year when he did my braces in high school. Fast forward to the summer of 2002, I just moved away to college, and get a call from my mom telling me that my dentist (gasps) shot and killed his wife (gasps) in the dentist's office. (gasps) with a shotgun the wife worked there too as the office manager was always super nice crazy i had to wonder if the incident was a self-fulfilling prophecy because the dude's name was dot 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 dr rambo no no wonder i was creeped out by this guy my whole life he was crazy and turned out to be a killer he represented himself at trial oh Oh, god after firing his lawyer parentheses red flag and he claimed that his wife was attacking him and that he acted in self-defense yeah right but he shot her in the back <laughs> so we're not we're not laughing because someone got shot in the back oh my obviously. god no that he's a fucking lunatic monster yes they, why would you even why would you go down that road to only prove yourself wrong seriously um so that is obviously bs he was convicted and put in prison from prison he filed a civil suit against the family to gain possession of the a weird list of personal items from the estate (gasps) including a wooden duck a collection of ceramic horses a trumpet and their wet wedding album so bizarre wow i hope one day i find a dentist handsome enough to make me forget about dr rambo (laughs) wife killer but to this day every time i schedule an appointment i think of him thanks for being the best (laughs) podcast ever and of course ssdgm chrissy wow that's hilarious don't go to any professional thing 
in a basement unless no. it's a professional basement maker's basement right. that you're checking and out. you only and you don't go all no, the way no. down you go to the top step yeah. you you bend over at the waist yeah. you look around and go thanks great and you haul ass uh-huh. back up those ba- basement stairs remember like maybe this was like an 80s thing but like how how a lot of hairstylists would be like would have that in their house that like your mom would go to like down to the basement yeah. to get their hair done that's what makes me think of that yep we, there was also a couple people in my high school whose parents had like rumpus rooms in the basement. Yeah. So one of the worst drunk party uh, presentations I ever gave. Presentation. Was, <laughs> I love. I love a professional drunk Karen giving a right? drunk presentation. Well, I'm here, buddy. So Next up, can we have up. Karen Kilgariff. <laughs> You know me. She's going to give a presentation. <laughs> Here's the presentation. I smoke cloves and I try to kick someone. That so was... you know that my favorite thing is like on TV is when people pretend to be drunk. So you doing anything you just did made me fucking... Is that true? Yeah, I can't. I don't care if it's the worst sitcom. <laughs> I will laugh my ass off at some terrible actor who's being pretending to be drunk. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> it just comes out... I love fake drunk. I spent so much time at... Georgia, can I tell you a secret? <laughs> Just tell you a quick secret. I spent all my time like this. You shut up, Steven. Whoops, I spiked it. Sorry. Okay, what was your best, your best drunk presentation? I can't remember. It ends in a blackout. I had a bunch of what they used to call cuckoo juice when I was in high school. Cuckoo juice? It's called cuckoo juice. It's called jungle juice. What? It's called... Um, What's it? There's one called like the suicide or Is whatever. Is that when they melt sherbet and put fucking <laughs> vodka in or whatever? Yeah, they basically mix Hawaiian punch and all the liquor in the parents' cabinet. Oh, don't do cabinet. that. So you take, you, normally, what would normally take four drinks, yeah. only takes one oh, drink. It's perfect. like a Long Island. Long Island. Tea. Yeah. yeah. Very bad. And you put on a, you put on a, um, what does Vince call it? A, what does he call it? He puts on, you put on a, fuck. It's not presentation. He it's doesn't not say presentation. My thing. It's some fucking Vince word that's so funny. <laughs> a clinic. You, <laughs> you put you put on a fucking clinic of how to how to be a drunk person. Yep. Full on. It, it, this was. I actually got it out of my system very early because this is the one where I got so drunk. Me and my friend. I've told you this story, but my friend Christine. Yeah. And listen, Karen is a recovering alcoholic or not la- I'm not laughing at anything about this you gotta like, laugh it's though. just I did it to myself stories and I'm not like trying to make you feel bad in any way you can't there's nothing left in there to feel bad like I wish I just love your stories I wish you could pull those heartstrings they're gone I just love your stories okay yeah uh I'll just say at this one, and this did happen. I had come out, up out of the rumpus room in the basement. My, I saw my cousin Mike in the hallway. Uh-huh. The next thing I knew, uh-huh. I was pulling my face off of his white sweater and looked, <laughs> and I saw my own eyes on his sweater. I had been crying on his shoulder in the hallway and then came to and was like, what's going on? <laughs> And looked down and I'd cried my own eyes onto his sweater. And I was like, all right, see you later. And like just tried to get away before he recognized that I had ruined his like forenza sweater. And forgot why you were crying. For, wasn't crying inside anymore. That experience was had never happened. Oh no. Really a disaster artist. That was the same night that I uh, it the that party was. I really did it up all at once and then 
me and my friend Christine went to my parents' house. We were supposed to be spending the night at her mom's house. Uh-huh. And I don't think her mom was supposed to be home. But instead, oh. we told the girl who gave us a ride home to go to my parents' house. On where accident? they were having. Yep. They were having a dinner party with <laughs> oh, my aunt and you, uncle. Oh, no. Whose cousin you, whose kid you had just cried upon? No, okay, different. Different one. That was my kinship, Giovanni. Um, okay. Not a blood relative, but his mom and my mom were best friends in high school. Oh, so he was a cousin. So he's my cousin. Yeah. Um, but I realized as we were walking up the front door, oh, this is my house. <laughs> so I turned to Christine and go, we're going to go in and we're going to run up the hall and go to my room. <laughs> and I thought, and our dining room was like right by the front door. It was like yeah. ranch style. So we, that's, we tried to do that. We just opened the front door and ran up the hallway and slammed my bedroom door. So then my sister, I'm positive I told you the story. My sister comes and opens my bedroom door because she wasn't at the party we were at. And she's looking at both of us and we're both laying on my bed, like laughing our asses off. And my sister goes, oh my God, you're so fucked. And then walks away. So then I was like, wait, why? And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm at home and I'm really shit faced. Yeah. And then my mom came in and I was like, my friend Christine did this thing that is straight out of a a John Hughes movie. I had those closet door, the doors to my closet, like um, pushed open open like that. And they were closed at the time. My mom opened the door and goes, Oh no, you girls are so drunk. And my friend Christine puts her arm up like she's going to lean against a wall and goes, Karen's pretty drunk, Mrs. Kegler, but actually I'm okay. And then pushes the door open and falls into my closet. And it was so over the top. It's too classic. It's so, my mom started laughing and had to leave the room because she was trying to act mad. But we were like, we were like two girls doing a bit of being drunk. I am never having a child simply because I do not ever want to have a teenager. No. Cause it's so dark. We're the, they, we were the worst people. The worst. Well, I just watched Lady Bird and I was like, nope, pass. Aww. Hard pass on that one. <laughs> don't ever want to have this. She, I mean. Don't want myself in the future. Yes, exactly right. You have to basically have a mirror yeah. of yourself that's giving you the shit you gave your mom. Yeah. No, probably times. Or just write a fucking movie about it. Or Greta fucking Gerwig, which this is awesome. Let's see. Wait, just win an Oscar and get out of your system and don't actually do it. (laughs) And then pay your mom back. Mm -hmm. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad. So it's It's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit 
visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Stephen fucking knocked it out of the park this week with the print-ups. So do you want to hear... Yeah, these stories are insane. ...about finding something, finding cash under a tree, or about a ghost, or uh, do you want to hear about... <laughs> Let's see here. I'm going to read you this one. Okay. I want a cash under a tree. Uh, cash under a tree? I put my money under a tree. <laughs> I put, I bury my purse. You have to help me find a purse under the tree. I buried it. <laughs> you have to help me find I didn't want anyone to touch my purse. So I buried it. You have to find it. Help. I don't remember which tree. Where are, why are there no trees at this party? <laughs> I get a sworn. Um, why are you crying now? Okay. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for your podcast and for starting this wonderful MFM community. Thank you. I mean, it really was our pleasure. Our pleasure. I've been a longtime listener and fan of the podcast. I've always wanted to submit a hometown murder. However, I've never had a personal story matching a Minnesota request until now. Imagine my <laughs> surprise when in Minnesota 60, you asked for stories about, quote, big piles of money you just kind of found. Yeah. Remember when you said that just so casually or just big piles of money you just kind yep. of found. Who doesn't want to hear that? 
that story. Well, that's exactly what happened to me during my junior year of high school. What the fuck? <laughs> I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, and my friends and I used to hang out a lot at a park by our high school. One day, as I was walking in the park with my friends, I looked down and saw about $10, $50 bills on the ground. Whoa. I didn't believe the bills were real, and I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience when I reached down and picked them up. It happened to me when I was a little kid and found $100 on the ground. I was like, this can't be happening. Did you? How old were you? I was like four or five. It was like one of my earliest memories. Shit. Um, uh, I reached down and picked them up. I took a few steps uh, forward and saw a pile of about 10 more bills under a tree, and I picked them up too. I stuffed the bills in my bag, and my friends and I hid behind a dumpster to count the cash. <laughs> I'm not sure why we thought a dumpster was the safest place at the time. It turns out we, it turns out I had picked up, ready for this? $1,100 in cash Ooh. just sitting under a tree. Fuck. Yeah. No brown paper bag or a briefcase or drug blazer or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we walked around the park uh, in a moral quandary about whether we should turn the money in and to whom. No way we were handing $1,100 to teen lifeguards at the Lost and Found. No way. Or if I should uh, keep what was probably drug money. While we walked around the park, I could feel the money burning a hole in my bag. Then three hefty big men rolled out of a car and started scouring the ground. They made eye contact with me, and I swear they could see the money in my purse. <laughs> I called the police right away and turned the money in. The police could not believe I would turn in the money. Honestly, I think they thought I was kind of stupid. <laughs> But they booked it and told me that if no one claimed the money after 90 days, it was mine. My friends and I counted down the days. And about a month after I found the money, the police posted a notice in our local newspaper describing exactly where the money was found. Three steps from the sidewalk, two steps to the left at the base of the first tree you see. We knew that anyone could read the description and claim the money as their own. So I gave up hope. Still, I went to the police station on the 91st day after finding the money. And lo and behold, it was still there. No. The police chief came out and thanked me for being a good Samaritan and handed me the cash. I kept it, and to this day, it's been the best $1,100 I've ever found. <laughs> Wait, she kept it and never spent it? No, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. K. It's oh. been the best $1,100 I've ever found. That's so brilliant. <laughs> wow, what a, like, uplifting story that people didn't go and just take money that wasn't theirs. Yeah, but also I bet the p cops knew... It was like drug money. So they're like, well, we're going to tell everyone where exactly where it is. And whoever comes in here is a fucking drug dealer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Because that's people, why no one claimed it. Yeah. Probably. Nobody's going to be that dishonest. <laughs> be like, yeah. uh, uh, And they're like, oh, we did a quick wipe and it has cocaine all over it. <laughs> OK, this one, the subject line is, should I do? OK, wait, I'm going to do this one. OK. I'm, and I'm also going to I'm going to withhold the subject line like you did. Great. For spoiler reasons. OK. Hi, friends. F.W.E.N.D.S. All right. Already off to a bad start. I mean, simply unacceptable. <laughs> this must be a good one if you still are chose it. <laughs> I'm still going. It's got to be really fucking I good. I think I'm assuming it's a she and I bet you she did it on purpose yeah, just yeah. to bug me. <laughs> um but we're still going to go through with it because this story. So we're now we're in it. Okay. This story involves no death, sinkholes or found items, but it's creepy nonetheless. Okay. Great start. 
Two of my girlfriends and I went to see Suicide Squad uh, again, stri- Strike 19. Um, <laughs> just kidding. On Sunday afternoon, when it came out, <laughs> wow, day of, um, we were maybe 45 minutes into the movie when I went to the bathroom. When it came back, I noticed a pair of shoes beneath our seats as I started to enter the aisle. I stopped, looked at my friends, and pointed down in confusion as I realized it was not just shoes, but a human being. What? What? They didn't know what was going on. I grabbed my cell phone and had a moment of thinking, okay, I'm either about to find a dead body or something bad is about to happen. Before I flipped the flashlight on, I flashed the light onto what was a full-grown man face down on the movie theater floor directly beneath us. What? Before I could say anything, he started to move out and acted as though he... He was grabbing his cell phone and he mumbled something like, I lost my phone. I was just looking for it as he stood up and then promptly bolted out of the theater. We all looked at each other in utter disbelief. I sat back down with them and we had the longest what the fuck moment of our lives (laughs) during Suicide Squad. Um, My girlfriend said that she thought she had felt movement and something touching her while we watched. Ew. And she'd brushed it off, but now we freaked the fuck out. Or now freaked the fuck out. We immediately went to tell management. We had told an employee what happened, and he literally said, oh, that guy again. Oh, my God. (laughs) And grabbed a manager. The manager told us that this had happened before. Our minds were blown, and we ended up calling the cops to come hear our story and check in on the theater. They also gave us free movie pass. Yeah, <laughs> as we did not want to go back in, not only because we were in shock, because we were shook, but also because Suicide Squad was one of the worst things they've <laughs> ever sat through. Forty-five minutes up, they were kind of stoked. Hilarious. Okay. We couldn't get the incident off our mind, so I ended up making a post about what happened on the subreddit for our city. It blew up with comments, making a local news station ask to report on the story. My girlfriend ended up meeting them outside the theater to do a short segment for the evening news. I also got comments with links about this exact thing happening in other theaters (gasps) in the same city and a link to a man's photo and history of arrest records for voyeurism. This dude has been arrested several times in the past for things like this including hiding under a woman's bed in her fucking house what? while she hung out in there. He generally looked like a person I saw. I don't want to know that happens. He, I mean, he generally looked like the person I saw emerge from under our seats, although I couldn't be 100% sure because we were in a dark theater and it all happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. If I could go back in time, I would have jacked him in the face yeah. and made a scene so he would have fucking gotten caught. But at the time, I had no point of reference for what was happening because it's all capitals so fucking weird. (laughs) And I thought it might have been an injured person or something. I mean, yeah, your brain can't wrap around that. It's also, who would be that close to a movie theater floor? That's what I was thinking, too. Like, talk about unfamiliar crumbs and fucking stickiness. Uh, How did he get up that fast when it is just pure goo down there? Yeah, like he didn't stick to it. Um, okay, so here's the end. I have no idea what's going on with this person now, but thank God nothing worse happened to us. I hope he he has gotten help or can get the right help for that sort of thing before it escalates to something much more terrible. That's oh very true. God. Can you imagine if I hadn't gone to the bathroom and discovered him? Heebie-jeebies all over. SSDGMD. What was he doing, though? Like, he, you can't do, like, upskirt shots or anything like that down well, there. Well, but she... Like, he may have turned, he may have been laying face up. But looking at what? The bottoms of seats? Well, 
maybe if their butts are sticking out the back of maybe. something but like maybe he turned when he knew she was coming back because he yeah. knew it would look bad if he was facing up oh my god it looks okay if he's facing down Every, ah. it's i mean people put like baby diapers down there Do and they? Stuff. my friend yeah my friend danny was an usher in a movie theater and he was like i found a full diaper in there Ew. on the ground one time no so stop it people i mean any others that have to be read <laughs> Could, how about one more yep how about listen these are all really funny today aren't they um aren't okay they? aren't they i'm not gonna tell you the name of this one because it's really okay hey karen georgia steven and associated non-human creatures mm -hmm. <laughs> i've been waiting with this story for ages because it's just weird enough that you would appreciate it but it's not murder i'm so glad that hometowns have been opened up to just we general weirdness <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a good Is idea there a murder to th this one yeah which one the dentist oh right yeah there we go Okay. Uh, I went to a small, close-knit college where not much exciting happened until the footlicker came into town. Dude. <laughs> this is like a serious body parts episode. It is. The title is Rogue Footlicker on Campus. <laughs> what you need to understand is that one of the dorms consists of clusters of dorm rooms that all share a living room. The rooms themselves lock, but the door to the living room does not. Trust me, this is important. So, one night a girl was sleeping on the couch in one of the living rooms and she woke up to a man she didn't know licking her feet. <laughs> She obviously freaked the fuck out and her friends came and chased him away. But the dude came back and was looking at her through the window. <gasps> this happened after the outer doors to the building had been locked for the night. So to have access, he either knows someone who lived there or lived there himself. It's a small campus. So you would think that someone would know who he was, but no witnesses recognized him. We all woke up the next morning to an email warning us that a footlicker was loose on campus and to be on the lookout. But he was never apprehended. It's been six years and the footlicker liquor. <laughs> has passed into campus legend along with the one-armed Amish man who they say want, used to wander around campus. <laughs> Stay sexy and wear socks if you sleep on the couch. Kelly. Oh, man. Who the one-time footlicker? Yeah, that's... But also, that's so bold. Like, your crime is... You, it's such a high-risk crime. And, like, you got chased off and you came back. You came back. So you're there's something going on. Yeah. You're also, really you drunk. He, he put on a fucking drunk clinic right there. For real. I would hope that he's just like, you know what? I got to go for it. Yeah. I just got to express myself. Do you think the one-armed Amish man lost it in Japan? I'm just <gasps> saying this could be the button. Oh, my God. This could be what we're looking for. It all fucking wraps together. I start, like, getting red string and fucking... <laughs> Claire, what do Amish Claire gloves look like? What do Amish gloves look like? What do exactly. Amish gloves look like? Do they, they go all the way to the fucking elbow? They have they they actually they go to the wrist, but then there's a beard from the wrist to the elbow because <laughs> they're Amish. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Send your weird shit to my favorite murder. If you have um, a Gmail, uh, name some new shit. If you have a Gmail, is that what you said? No, I said a Gmail. Oh, but oh. if you have a Gmail, no, I was gonna say. If you have found a person in a place where they don't belong, we would love to hear that story. A hundred percent. Right? Yes. Yeah. That could be the new fold-in. That's the new one. Every week we add a new fucking weird element. And also, let's bring those money piles forward, everybody. Money piles, fucking uh, appendages that don't belong where they've been. Any kind of body or body part in a place that doesn't belong. <laughs> There's a place in Canada. I know we're going to get a ton of like messages about this, but there's a certain bay oh, yeah, I think, yeah. in Canada where they body parts keep 
showing up. Right. Shoes with feet in them. It's like shoes with feet and nothing else. But I think they've disproved that it's anything like um there's theories but crime based yeah but it's basically it's like drowning victims that get eaten entirely by (sighs) most animals oh man we were gonna end on such a high note (laughs) now it's such a bummer (laughs) (laughs) well this is a bummer based podcast (laughs) so it's not called my favorite happy yeah stuff my favorite best memory (laughs) this is my favorite story about a girl that got her foot licked and then the guy came back and stared at her through a window. <laughs> While a fucking Amish guy with a Japanese missing arm was walking around. Get out of here with your ear. Why are you listening if you fucking don't want this? Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Elvis. Want a cookie? Yeah, oh, yes. He's waiting. Oh, he just almost <laughs> fell off the couch. Oh. Oh, good boy. He's like, don't make fun of me.